it's time to stand up or shut up. With your hosts, Chris and Jen, this is the Theme Park Stand Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Episode 15 is a special one. LFG. LFG. We thought 15 episodes in, let's bring on our second guest. Yeah. So uh, welcome, Kyle, to the podcast. How are you doing today, man? Hey guys, I'm doing doing great today. I uh, just got off work, so uh, it's a beautiful day in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, uh, I bet is it is it rainy today? Uh, we've had some off and on showers, but it's been mostly sunny. Awesome, Jen, you're getting a whole bunch of rain, aren't you? No, if you guys are watching, I literally walked two houses down and my hair is soaked. I've been inside for like 15 minutes. It's crazy here. Yeah, it was kind of cold here today. It was like maybe in the mid 60s. So it was a a sharp contrast from the upper 80s that we were having. But anyway, Kyle, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and what's going on with you? Yeah, so uh, I I guess guess I'll start off... uh, 2012 when i became an enthusiast um well first i'll I'll start off with uh i am the uh, digital communications manager for uh, king's dominion Uh, i oversee uh, things like the app the website and social media web content um but uh kind of going to how i got here um I'd say I fell in love with the industry as far back as really 2012. I had always grown up at Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, from, I'm from northern Kentucky area. Uh, but I think it wasn't until uh, 2012 where I really started to find these, you know, fan site forums online. And uh, I wanted to learn more. It was like roller coaster knowledge and that kind of stuff was kind of just became second nature to me. And it was just stuff I started studying knowledge. Um, and then, you know, I would go through, I graduated high school, not exactly knowing, I, I, I learned some social media and video editing skills, but still kind of not know what direction I wanted to take. Um, so I went to, uh, Northern Kentucky University College for um, uh, public relations. Um, I've graduated last year uh, with a bachelor in public relations and a minor in electronic media and broadcasting. And um, that through that, I got an internship at Newport Aquarium, uh, which is a Hershen property entertainment um, in uh say newport kentucky right across the river from not too far from king's island and uh i learned i i was spent a semester there doing uh uh, photo video content um and some pr work there and uh it just so happened that um my boss who had hired me on there was originally hired by chad showalter um, who is the current director of communications at Kings Island currently. Um, and, uh, that was just kind of, and we got to talking later, I think in late 2019 or, um, uh, as a college student. And then, um, 
I think we part ways for a little bit. Um, and then uh, I know that I had uh, in 2019 uh, at Coaster Stock at Kings Island event, um, I was helping with um, this uh, documentary uh, called Kings Island uh 50 years of memories that was going to be a uh documentary for king's island's 50th anniversary in 2022 unfortunately it never came to be just because of uh mostly because of covid we wanted to do a lot of in-person interviews and stuff and uh um, things never really worked out um but i became that project and we got to i, I got connected through don helbig there um, who many of you may know is the digital uh, marketing manager for Kings Island currently and has been for a long time. And um, through those two connections, I eventually w had applied for um, a basically a, a part time position, a social media coordinator for uh, Kings Island and hiring a 2020. And uh, I think I got I got the position and uh, I started like one day before everything shut down, um, which really sucked, but it was the hardest four months of my life waiting for the park to reopen. Um, but we eventually got to reopen and uh, I got to do have what was left of the year. And then I came back in 2021 and then again in 2022 to Kings Island, um, helping create uh, videos, photos, all that good social media stuff. And um, I wanna say last October, um, I applied for the digital uh, communications manager position for our sister park Kings Dominion. And I, uh was very honored to have received that position and so i kind of packed up my things and moved to richmond that's exciting yeah, yeah that's kind of a long story but you know let's sum it up <laughs> yeah so um i know you mentioned that you started like your um like boozy life in like 2012 where were you located at that point when you um, became a coaster enthusiast? So I was still, I basically lived out my whole entire life up until like last October um, in Northern Kentucky. So um, born there, raised there, um, went to school there uh, and graduated there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you have like a home park at that point? What was your home park? Uh, it was always Kings Island. Kings Island was always my home park. Um, I live about 35 minutes away, so we would always, uh, get a season pass and, uh, I would at least try to make probably 30 trips a year. Um, at least that was when I didn't have a driver's license. When I did have a driver's license, I, well, I guess I actually, when I worked there, I lived at the dorms, so I was there every day. <laughs> <laughs> what? was your favorite like as a child or when you were younger what was your favorite ride at king's island uh i think it's always been the beast yeah um that kind of started my 
fascination with coasters, I think, um, just with the lore of it. Um, you know, R.L. Stein's written two books on it. Um, not many coasters that have books written about it. Um, and just like what it means to, I guess, Cincinnatians and our local community. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a character and it's, and it's a persona that like, I feel um, really like, I, w I was obsessed with it when I was a kid, you know, and it helped get me like writing. So I grew up with Tourette syndrome and I still have it a little bit. Um, and it was so bad to where I could not attend school um, just because of how of a roadblock it was for me. And like with my, my tics were like blurting out words that obscene words that I couldn't control. And um, roller coasters had always been like the one oddball thing that like calmed them down or like helped me feel normal. Um, and plus, I mean, I never did it on there, but plus like if, you know, you're screaming, you know, names on roller coasters, no one's going to look at you different because yeah. that's fairly normal. <laughs> um, but I, I just think it, it definitely attributed um, to who I am today. I feel like that ride. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, also like the my first favorite coaster growing up was the beast yeah. going there all the time so it makes sense it was i mean it's tough to beat that coaster really when it comes to wood coasters yeah it is i've heard great things guys great things. yeah she hasn't been to king's island yet <laughs> it's on my list <laughs> uh you, you'll enjoy it it's a great park um yeah. but now you're located at the sister park now, and I got to say, there's a lot of stuff going on at the park these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just get right into it. Um, we've had an exciting summer so far. Um, Soak City Water Park recently opened on May 27th for the season. So now it's open daily, uh, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, the, I think personally, my favorite thing that uh, we've recently done is uh, Grizzly has reopened to the guests after um, quite a few months uh, taking a hibernation. Um, so for many of you, that don't know, um, the gravity group was, uh, had, had come out and, uh, they used their, uh, patented, um, or their engineered pre-cut track. And, uh, they redid about, I'd say about a, th a third of the ride. Um, they did, uh, the first drop and then the part where you come out of the turnaround, they completely redid the tunnel part. Um, and then they redid the fan turn and the, um, the first airtime hill after that. Um, so they did some, uh, the coolest part is that the original steepness of the first drop was originally 45 degrees. Now it's 55 degrees. So they made it steeper. Um, the speed at the bottom of the first drop was, 
uh, increased by five miles per hour. Um, and they was made. So it, it's, it's fascinating. I know I'm just listing off these weird obscure facts or whatever, but it's fascinating to me because, um, so Grizzly is based, it's, it's layout is based off of the Coney Island wildcat that used to be in uh, Coney Island, Cincinnati. And, uh, I think it was 1926 when, and it was a Herbert Schmeck design. And, um, it, it, the, the grizzly today, as we know it, and the one at California's great America, and then, um, the clone at Canada's wonderland wild beast, um, they all kind of have the same profiling, uh, but the track is always, it's built high up. So the lowest points of the track are pretty high up. And that's because it's based off of the wildcat, which was built for flooding to accustom for flooding, because, you know, that's eventually how Coney Island eventually kind of died was the park would get flooded all the time. Um, so when gravity group was redoing, uh, our grizzly, they looked at the first drop and they said, well, why don't we go deeper into the ground with the base of the first drop instead of having to, you know, go taller. Um, and so they used that, the topography to their advantage to make it, you know, faster and steeper. Um, so now it's, uh, used to be 74 feet. Now it's an 86 foot drop. Um, so that's just a bit of geekiness or whatever. Um, but that reopened, uh, I want to say about a month ago and, uh, guest feedback has been really, really amazed by, um, just how much more smoother it is now. Um, it's a great night ride again. Um, and it's just, it, it's personally, it's my, it's my number one coaster in the park currently. Um, so I'm very happy with, uh, with how it turned out. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard nothing but good stuff from all the reviews that I've seen as well. So yeah, I've, I've definitely only heard good things about the retrack. Yeah, I'm excited to get on it. Give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the the back seat is uh, has a great first drop. That's really good. Um, and the front seat really gets uh, gets you popping on uh, through the the airtime and the tunnels and uh, it's good. It, it's really good. So, so typical Thursday question. What is your favorite seat? Like you have to pick one. Which one's your favorite? I have, I've only ridden it about three or four times. Um, believe it or not, people who work at the park don't ride all, all the time. Um, when the park's closed. Uh, but I would say probably so far it's the back. Um, I can't remember how many rows there are on that ride, but um, definitely it's, it's definitely a backseat ride for me. Okay. That's what okay. I actually have not been on Grizzly yet at all. I think that's my last credit that besides like Apple's Apple, um, Apple's Apple. <laughs> Dominion. Love Apple's Apple. <laughs> I love Apple's Apple because Dorney Park loves Apple's Apple. Yes. <laughs> if Dorney Park loves Apple's Apple, then we all love Apple's Apple. 
Yes. Well, that's exciting news about Grizzly. Yeah, I, I was there in 2021. Um, so I'm excited to get back there again and, you know, experience all the, the new stuff with Grizzly. So that's exciting. Yeah. No, I definitely, it, it, it's definitely, it has a lot of character, I think. And it's kind of like our beasts. It, it's not nowhere near as legendary and, you know, nowhere near as long. Um, but it, it's definitely um, one that we can call our own. Yeah. And it's, it's, sure. it's nice. Yeah. So you, um, changing the subject a little bit here, I heard there was a, a, a smoky smell back in camp. Uh, was it in uh what's it called now <laughs> the area candy of the apple grove? yes candy apple grove <laughs> yeah yeah so uh we just uh have opened uh our new technically our third signature restaurant for the park um firehouse barbecue uh we got to open it i believe two weeks ago and uh we've had nothing but awesome reviews um, personally, my go-to item there is the, uh, smoked brisket. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also have, um, hand breaded chicken tenders for the kids. Um, you have smoked pork and, uh, jalapeno smoked sausage. Um, those are the entree items. And then there's sides such as, uh, um, Oh, what is there? There's street corn, which is really good. Um, Southern potato salad, uh, ranch style baked beans. Um, I believe green. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think it was beans, baked beans. I think it was green beans um, currently. And uh, there's potato wedges that kind of remind me a little bit of the flavor you'd get with Arby's fries. Okay. So I'm kind of digging them right now. They're kind of my go-to item. Um, and then there's uh, three fantastic desserts currently they're offering. Um, they're uh, a peanut butter pie, um, banana uh, pudding, and a loaded brownie. And the loaded brownie is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's got like it's this huge brownie right so there's but it's layered so on the bottom layer there's oreo cookies on the middle layer it's that brownie mixed in with like m&ms pretzel pieces caramel sauce um and then glazed with chocolate sauce and then a huge massive marshmallows on top <laughs> so it's like it's ridiculous but it's I, I've had it like twice now. And so like, I, I have to save a piece for later because it's just so much, but it's definitely worth it. Oh my that's my kind of dessert right there. Yeah. That sounds incredible. And King's Dominion, you guys have really been the last two or three times I've, I've been there. You guys have been killing it with food. So this is definitely for anyone who hasn't been to King's Dominion or hasn't eaten at King's Dominion. It's definitely a park to try, especially the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, King's Dominion really takes a lot of pride into uh, their food. Um, it's really kind of uh, kicked up the game ever since uh, 
2021 with the addition of Grain and Grill, um, which opened on International Street and uh, had it opened to massive success. Um, it uses locally sourced ingredients and some of the thing, you know, menu items there like uh, smoked uh, uh, crispy pork. Um, you can get steak there, which I mean, how many often or how many times can you say you get, you know, steak at an amusement park? Um, and a lot of like really healthy sides, which like, you know, when you go to an amusement park, like, you know, your 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 chicken tenders, your your pizza, your uh, your hamburgers are, are are great, but it, King's Dominion is one of the places where now it's like there's something for everyone. And again, in 2022, uh, with the expansion of uh, Jungle Expedition, uh, there's the Outpost Cafe, and not only does it have amazing food items, but it's, it's immersive. It, it's, if you've ever been in there, you know what I'm talking about with the Cedar Fair's uh, scenic design team and Kings Dominion's design team work together to create this uh, story themed to the Way Foundation and uh, just how it, you know, people go there on when they're tired and hungry on their journey. And uh, if you look around, just the the details and the the immersiveness of Outpost Cafe is just really impressive. And there's the Tin Goose Bar outside. If you know you're looking for an adult beverage as well, um, but the the um, the Outpost Cafe features menu items such as uh, prime rib. Again, where do you get prime rib at a, an amusement park? Um, uh, fried shrimp uh, and uh, like a, a half of a roasted chicken um, also available for entree. And it's just insane. And then they have, um, you know, your mac and cheese um, and they also have fried bread. If you not tried it, it's absolutely amazing. It's to die for. Um, and I think it's fantastic. Um, and then they have like, for dessert, they have like a pineapple upside down cake and uh, a massive piece of like this chocolate cake, and it's massive. So it, it's 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 really cool to see, um, you know, not only King's Dominion, but just like as a themed entertainment industry as a whole, kind of investing more into that all around food and beverage experience. I think we're seeing a lot today, and that's really cool to see. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, go ahead. You, it's all you. Yeah, I definitely think um, I'm a huge food person when it comes to visiting new parks. And um, I definitely think that's one of the main things that sets Kings, Kings Dominion apart from the other parks. Like for me, um, my first visit, I remember I was trying to leave for lunch and Sarah and Taylor from Coaster Studios were like, absolutely not. Like we eat at Kings Dominion. <laughs> um, and I, we went to um, Fire and Grain. That's the name of it. Grain and no, Grill. On the main strip, you mentioned. Uh, grain and Grill, yeah. Grain and Grill, yes. And I was like licking the plate. I was like, there's, I'm eating here every time yeah. I come. It was incredible. I definitely think that Cedar Fair definitely gets it now with how, like, what people want with food options. So it's really nice to see. The, some of these parks getting really good quality food. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, Grain of Grill has always been my go-to, but now it's got some competition with a uh, firehouse because I, I love that brisket so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've not been yet this year, so I'm gonna have to give it a try and see. I actually haven't tried Outpost either. Um, I haven't even been in that building, so I'm gonna have to check that out too. It sounds it sounds like really good theming and really like something that I would love. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's details everyone would appreciate for uh, theme park fans in there. Yeah. That's so awesome. So kind of coming, kind of coming off to the food, not really coming off to the food. So I know um, you guys are just becoming an all year round park. Um, and with that, you have festivals throughout the year. Um, what festival is your favorite or do you look the most forward to as both someone visiting the park and working with the park? Um, I want to say I really enjoy Halloween Haunt um, just because it's, it's, it's a really different and unique atmosphere that you have to be there for. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but like when there's fog on the ground and it's kind of like that fall, you know, weather night, you know, where it's not chilly, but it's kind of breezy and the wind's kind of in your face on those rides and stuff. Um, it, it's, it's a vibe and that you can only get so many few times a year. Um, and I, I'm not like a big maze guy. Um, and maybe that's because I'm terrified of them, or maybe that's because working in the industry, I know all the monsters. I'll let you decide. Um, but I, I, I th and not only mention it's a great time to get night rides and everything. Um, but I, I think that when I saw King's Dominion's Halloween Haunt um, for the first time, last October. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's got some, the, the, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive to say the least. Uh, the, 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 the theme and the decor team go absolutely all out um, on their mazes. And I think it, it, it's unique because King's Dominion has, doesn't have a lot of huge pathways there's uh, a lot of times more narrow pathways and I, they use that to their advantage um, to create those intimate atmospheres. And I think that's very creative and very brilliant. Um, that's something that I wish more parks would do these days. Um, but there's also the part of me that really loves Winterfest because Winterfest has always a, has been a tradition and uh, growing up with Kings Island I'd always known about Winterfest and it always had wanted to bring back Winterfest. And then they eventually did in 2017. Um, and uh, it's just a, it's a really warm time to, to spend Christmas. It's a great way in the holidays. Yeah. And um, what else is, is Grand Carnival coming back this year? Yeah, so Grand Carnival actually starts uh, June 24th with King's Dominion. Um, so there will be uh, some great live entertainment, um, a new show called Retrospect, 
um, on the, the grand bandstand. Um, of course, the, the fan favorite spectacle of color parade will be back on the midways and uh, there'll be uh, five countries that you can make your way around to and try different tastes. And uh, it's, everyone knows it, everyone loves it. And it's just gonna be a great time for guests and it runs through July 9th. That's exciting. I was, when I was there in 2021, I was there the day before it started. So I was sad I didn't get to experience it at King's Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't do it at King's Dominion, but I was there. It starts in like the afternoon Cedar Fair starts it, I think. And I believe that I left Dorney Park like um, an hour before it started my first ever visit to Dorney Park. <laughs> um, but it looked incredible. Like it, if I love Cedar Fair's decorations for their little festivals, like I feel like they're so unique and each park they're pretty sim similar. Mm -hmm. um, but it was adorable. I loved even just walking through the decorations. So I'm sure I'm hoping to make it down to King's Dominions this year. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Grand Carnival and the fact that we get to have parades in our park. Um, like when I when as a guest um, at King's Island, when I I was there for the dry run for the first ever Grand Carnival parade or whatever, and um, like it really hit me in my feelings that night because growing up, I remember going in 2004 and 2005 and seeing the Nickelodeon parade that they did um, that year. And uh, it really just kind of brought me back to my childhood um, and like just seeing all the kids interact with the dancers and the, uh, the, the performers, like giving handing them their drumsticks and allowing them to join in on the fun. It's Cedar Fair's parades, what they've done the past couple of years provides a lot of immersiveness and allows you to become a part of the fun, which you don't get to see a lot with parades these days. Um, so the spectacle of color parade um, is definitely one of my favorite things we do. Yeah, I have to say, uh me and my entire family went down to King's Island's Winterfest this past year, and I was blown away by the type of parade that they put on. And I'm, I assume that it's probably similar to King's Dominion's um, when it comes to the Winterfest parade, but I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. It was better than like your city parade would have. Oh, way better. Yeah, they don't have they don't have floats like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, and especially a, a lot of them look so good at night. Um, so that's, yeah, it's just so much fun. So I have a question. Do you ever walk through the, uh, the haunt mazes during haunt when you're, you know, when the park's closed and you're just like, let's go on a little trip during the park. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, for last October when I, uh, came down and I was kind of scouting out a place to live, um, and I worked my first weekend. Um, we went in there and I brought my camera with me um, to kind of start, you know, filming uh, some promos or whatever inside the mazes. And uh, they, they didn't tell me that there was a scare actor inside. So I have footage somewhere that I probably need to delete of me holding the camera and then falling to the floor. Oh, no. um, and pure terror. 
So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That would that be would, such a baby. That would probably, if it was, yeah, that'd probably be me, me too. <laughs> my gosh. Um, Chris, if you, we talked about not, I feel like we talk about Coaster Crew a whole lot. Um, but if you make it to the Coaster Crew event, I think the last two years they got tours of some of the buildings with the lights on. And they those, the detail that you guys put into those haunts, I remember being blown away. I was like, this is not like regional theme park quality. Yeah. This is like national quality. Like it was crazy. Yeah, our, uh, our our scenic and design team, led by a, a good friend Tony Turner, um, he the the work they do and he he, he does is just absolutely spectacular. They um, they spend so much, so many hours. As a matter of fact, they I think they pulled some all nighters just trying to work on the firehouse barbecue restaurant before opening. Um, and uh, I was just really really impressed with the quality of what they do. Yeah, I remember that was like the most impressed I was of anything that we saw. Um, they do an amazing job. I was not expecting that level of detail, um, especially because like you're when you're going through those ho houses, you have the scare actors and the lights are off and everything, and the detail, it's incredible. They do a really amazing job. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into a bunch of these listener questions, I have. I had a question that I was going to ask and I don't, so do you feel, or are, is flight of fear and I three I three Oh five technically in jungle expedition, like jungle X or whatever jungle expedition. So yes, yeah. technically speaking, they are considered uh, part of jungle expedition as well as backlot stunt coaster. Has there, I don't, and you don't have, I mean, obviously if you, if there is any thoughts, you don't have to say anything, but is there any thought of, retheming any of those to fit that area i mean i think that would be cool but yeah. I, I i mean i wouldn't know about anything that they would do in the future i'm just a marketing guy yep yep i, I you know i just you know i i love i three or five so i had to throw it in there <laughs> yeah so i don't think this was asked in the listener questions so before we get into the listener questions i'm going to ask this because again you said your roller coaster enthusiast for um you were first before getting into this twisted timbers or i305 um it's kind of weird i don't necessarily prefer either i'm not like I, okay i'm a weird roller coaster enthusiast like adventure express at king's island is in my top three at the park okay so like when i say i'm a weird enthusiast i'm a weird enthusiast um I would say probably Twisted just because I like the way RMCs ride. I'm not the biggest RMC fan, but I I kind of like the way they feel sometimes. But I'm also not a big airtime guy. So take that for what you will. All right. So what about working for the park? Which one do you prefer? Do you have any, like, preference which one to market towards and which ones to use in marketing? I feel like I-305 is a little intimidating. Um, I I honestly like, I mean, personally, I like using in Intimidator uh, because I, I think it's one that always gets uh, people talking. And uh, it, I mean, it's, 
it's kind of that one standout. It's it's a very standout ish attraction that Kings Dominion has that not a lot of parks really have anything similar to. Um, so I, I think it's very unique in that aspect of you know what I think it's still only one of seven seven eight giga. I want to say seven giga coasters in the world. Um, but it's 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 a fantastic attraction and it's definitely something you have to at least write once in your life yeah i remember after my first i wrote it twice in the one day and after my first rides i woke up the next morning and i tweeted out because before i even told anyone i was awake i was like i woke up and all i can think is that i don't believe that this ride exists it's beautiful <laughs> yeah i've only written it three times i think and i remember the last time i've only written it once this season but when i when i was sitting on the break run i was just like wow that if that exists i was like i feel like that's this should not exist but it does <laughs> and it's really yeah cool. it's kind of crazy that it exists um yeah. but incredible for you guys because i feel like it has to bring people back over and over again it's insane at least enthusiast wise the general public <laughs> I, I I I think a lot of the general public do really do like it, especially that I've noticed that the the teenagers around uh, teenagers around Kings Dominion and Richmond uh, and the DC area really kind of use it as a right passage. I think um, they I always hear them challenging their friends to go on it, and uh, uh, they they absolutely love it. So take that for what you will, but. I, oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, it's it's pretty iconic, really. That lift hill alone is, like, very iconic in pictures and everything. So it's really nice to hear that, it, you know, people in the area, they, they, they relish it or cherish it. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we can get into some, some questions that uh, some <laughs> listeners have. And some of them might be silly. I mean, it is what it is. I... Yeah, and with that, I'm going to ask the first question and the most important question. Surveillance asks, when will King's Dominion get a talent of its own? <laughs> I mean, I feel like Dominator kind of fills that role. I feel like, I for some reason, when I ride Dominator, I always feel like it, for, for me, it always feels like an inverted coaster. I don't know why, but like just the way it rides, I feel. But I feel like, in its own way, it's a dominant. It's it's a it's a talent, but right, then again, I, I, I think I think Banshee's better than Talon. So Ooh. spooky screaming Talon is not better than Talon. <laughs> You're going to fight. Uh, I haven't heard of spooky screaming Talon though. Well, there you go. I'll circle back. Um, and Dominator, we will be giving Dominator a Talon name by the end of the episode. Yeah, or there you go. Oh, out of those three oh. so far, I haven't been on Talon yet, but I, I I guess out of Banshee and the other ones I've been on, give me Green Talon. You know, I actually have a, I don't even know if it's considered a funny story. I think it's more of a sad story, but like two, two Thursdays ago, I went up to Hershey and Dorney and I went to, it was my first Dorney visit. And, uh, um, I uh, I I left Hershey at like 1.30 and then made it up there around 2.30. I think I stayed for like 
two hours um, and rode Zephyr, which is their train. I rode the whip and then I rode Demon Drop and I left. <laughs> so no I did not. I, I I went up, it was the first ride I went up to, I went up to Talon, and then the line was just like, mm, you know, I'm just like really, I just want to use the rest of the day to chill. I'm just going to come here for the classics. Like those three rides that I rode were like the rides as if like, okay, if I were to die today, what rides like do I want to say I have ridden? So I knocked those off my bucket list. So yeah, Talon's line is usually really bad. So I do not blame you for that one. Um, I mean it's at the it's like the first ride at the top of the park. So I mean that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's always insane. Um and I can respect you for Demon Drop because the number of times that I've gone to that park and rode Talon and Demon Drop and just like, okay, bye. See you guys yeah. later. Um, but possessed. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I was not a big Wicked Twister fan. so Oh, my heart hurts. I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're good. I don't love them, but they're good. But Steel Force this year, you guys are missing out. Steel Force. That thing is running so well. This is the first. I usually don't like it. I'm not a huge hyper person, and it usually runs a little rough. Like I'm, I, I hate Magnum too. I hate Magnum, but Steel um, Force is running beautifully. <laughs> I like to wave at people in the Magnum parking lot from the lift hill in Magnum, and that's the only reason I ride it. <laughs> you ride it with Laurel. Yeah, with Laurel. Laurel, if you're listening. Anyway. Yes. Okay. We can move, we can move on. So Coaster365, um, he's asking, how closely do you monitor what Bush Gardens Williamsburg does as a rival? And do their decisions ever factor into what King's Dominion or what decisions King's Dominion may make? I mean I, I'm not really speak. I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the park. I, I'm just speaking as you know my own and you know my own opinion, really. But I think um, we both. I, I so many people will consider us right, like Kings Dominion and Bush Gardens rivals. But I really, the way I see it, I see it more as friends because, especially ever since the pandemic started in 2020 um all all parks and you know amusement centers and all that we we got to work together um and we were one of the first like industries to really kind of try to bounce back with the economy and we are trying to um give people a way to have fun again. And we all have that same goal of making people happy at the end of the day. Um, so I think I, I wouldn't say, you know, enemies or rivals or competitors. I think we're all in it for the same goal. And I think a lot of parks can benefit off each other, if anything. Um, but I, I think we all learn from everyone, but we don't really 
closely monitor anything. We try to, we focus on, everyone has different goals and every park is different. And every park, no matter how close they may be, have different audiences. Um, so a lot of times it's really parks kind of just stick to their own business kind of thing. Yeah. It's actually really like refreshing to hear because like in the past, it may be like, oh, they're, you know, going head to head. One's going to build this and then one's going to build this to rival it. So it's kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, parks can, even if they don't like, you know, if you don't see it, they're still kind of trying to help each other. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, Chris, we can definitely circle back to these if we want, but I think um, some of these are bordering a little bit on like park decisions. Yeah. Um, so we can skip over those. Um, so let's, I'm going to move on. We have K.I. Taylor. He has two sections. So he says, one, is, is there any time that you're walking through the park that you have to double take yourself that you're in King's Dominion and not King's Island? If so, when does that happen? And second is give a memoriam to T3. <laughs> okay, so I was really pissed about T3 when I heard it was, uh, I was very mad. I was very angry. I woke up because uh, I know I'm going to get flack for this, but it was my favorite ride at that park. And I'm being dead 100% serious because it all started when it was Keys to the Kingdom 2020, the first one. And I was with my best friend, Sean Flaherty. And we, I mean, we were defeated after that day because we had just done Hollywood Nights. And like, uh, I, I just, we were done and we were going home. And we start walking to the exit. I'm like, well, we haven't done T3 yet. You want to do it? I know it's going to be the worst decision ever, but, um, and we're like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, and we rode in the back two rows and it was like the magics. It was magic. It was magic seats. I don't know what, because I had ridden it only one other time in 2016 and I swore it off never again, but it, it was so fun. We stayed on it four times in a row. And it, there was no pain, no, no thigh crushing, nothing, just intense fun. And like, I sadly never got to ride it again, but I will remember it by those memories. But storm did too. But. <laughs> um, and as for the KD versus KI question. Um, I mean, the comparison with King's Dominion and King's Island, you'll always hear it trying to be compared, but I really kind of think they're both each their own separate parks very much. I mean, they both have International Street and they both kind of have their, you know, old amusement park vibe, whether it be Candy Apple Grove or Coney Mall. Um, the international street is somewhat similar, I think. Um, but for the main, most of it, I mean, it's very different compared to 
they're both very different. I feel like, um, at least, but I think that's kind of just because I've started to get to really know the park in and out. Um, so I see as it as its own thing. But I think from a first timer's perspective, you'll definitely notice like I Street's very similar. I Street, what KD is now, is very similar to what I Street KI used to be like prior to like Cedar Fair mm-hmm. um, when Paramount owned it and stuff. Just because um, I think there just used to be more trees. I think, uh, which is not at all me complaining because uh, the lack of trees at Kings Island's Ice Street allows for nighttime spectacular, you know, good views of their show. So, yeah, I agree. I think that those are the only, I mean, that's really the only part that you can even possibly compare uh, would be Ice Street to those two parks, but yeah, everything else, I mean, KD and KI both have their own identity once you get past I Street. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Old, Old Virginia and Rivertown are kind of similar. Um, but I think what's interesting to me is that a lot of King's Dominion, uh, the the atmosphere and the, the details and theming hasn't really been touched too much from what it was in the seventies. And I only say that on behalf of the parts of like old Virginia candy apple grove is still very vibrant and colorful. Like it was. And like, um, I street as well has maintained very well, like a lot of its identity from the seventies, which is really cool to see, but it's also not, it doesn't look outdated, to where you're thinking like, oh, this is old, this needs to be updated. No, it's more of that nostalgic feel that people love, you know, and they appreciate. I would love to have one of those giant candy apple grove apples just sitting in my living room or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. (laughs) It'd be pretty cool. Honestly, that's, I'm going to have to run that idea by a merch team. There you go. Yeah. Just like a little lamp. Yeah, I want a lamp. So I know that, um, and I think I'm going to ask this one, knowing that you helped Don with Coaster Stock. Has there ever have you put into any thought or of hosting an event like that at King's Dominion? Yeah, I I, I definitely think it's doable. Um, I would love, I'd love to. I mean, that's the goal. I think is one of the things I've tasked myself with. Um, is hopefully doing something. Now, I don't know if it could be ever as big or successful as Coaster Stock. Um, those are some pretty high hopes there. Uh, but I think the Virginia, especially the Virginia enthusiast community could definitely benefit um, with how many parks there are nearby. And uh, I, I think um, it's definitely something I've, I'm looking into further. Um, but only time will tell. Yeah. But I, if if we're if we do it though, like I want it has to be done right. So that's right. why I'm in no rush to make this event happen. So yeah. if if it's gonna happen, it has to be done right, and we need to know that guests are gonna be happy with it. Yeah, and I meant to say that that question came from Cedar Kev, aka Kevin. So 
sorry about that, Kevin. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's awesome. I uh, you know I look forward to that one day. So as you know, like you said, um, you want to take the time to make sure that it's done the correct way. So that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely don't want. I mean, uh, uh, one thing that I have seen in the past is a lot of um, things can be thrown together and uh it's it's not fun for anyone the organizers or the attendees if um every single detail you know you you have to think of um so yep, yeah i agree definitely. i agree all right so this one is definitely a little on the sillier end um i'm thinking so hawk bondelay Ask thoughts on the BNM Giga going out past Grizzly or Ejanica. I can never say this right, but you guys know what I mean. Ejanica clone to replace Volcano. Ejanica, man, I haven't, I haven't even ridden X two yet. So I, it's like one of those legendary coasters I always hear about, and I just always think to myself, like, am I going to ride that someday? And I just wonder how insane it will be. Um. No, that's a funny question. Um, you know, I, actually, that kind of funny because that reminds me when you said next to Grizzly, there used to be plans for um, back in the Paramount era, there was plans for a Morgan Hyper to go alongside I-95, kind of back where essentially Grizzly was. Um, I don't know whatever happened to those plans, but there yeah. was going to be Hyper. I got to say this, Hawk Vandalay. Why would they put a B&M Giga when there's already an Intamin Giga? I know. <laughs> Man, that was my first thought. <laughs> oh, well. I was like, they already have a Giga. We need some, we need some different we, things. I don't know the word I mean. It's fine. Everything's fine. So uh, the next question that I'm going to read here, I'm going to... Skipping this one here, I feel like, because I think we went over a bunch of that. But uh, Aaron asks, if you had to describe how to, how to have the perfect day at King's Dominion to a first-timer, what would be on your must-do list? I would say the perfect way to have a great day at King's Dominion. Um, probably first is paying respects to the singing mushrooms, um, listening to their show every 15 minutes or so. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily, there'd be an itinerary because you can do all of it. You can do all of it maybe in one day, but I feel like you need to, to really try the culinary experience, um, and the, especially the water park, um, Soak City Water Park is a really fantastic, um, establishment as part as the two parks in one, um, that King's Dominion offers. Um, and the, the lifeguards there are absolutely, their team is phenomenal. Um, but. You definitely, I feel like if there's one restaurant you're going to try, it's going to be Grain and Grill. Um, I feel like everyone has to try that at some point in their lives. Um, 
I don't know the best way to answer this question. I mean, there's so much, so much to do in so little time. Um, I would say some of the must rides, in my opinion, um, definitely ride Grizzly, uh, definitely ride Racer 75 for its historical significance, um, which many of you probably know that um, it helped started the American Coaster Enthusiast back in 1978. Um, so that's, it's always cool and it's an ace coaster landmark. Um, uh, Tumbili is really fun, personally. It's one of my top three in the park just because of how much I, I love hang time and I, I just laugh uncontrollably on it. Um, Dominator is really cool, as well as a uh, piece of history from Jaga Lake. So that's piece of coaster history there. Um, the car our, car our carousel is over 100 years old, so definitely got to do that at some point. Um, 106 to be exact. Um, uh, our antique cars, the Blue Ridge Junction, is uh, definitely one of the best antique cars out there. Just how it's with its location in the woods um, and its its setting is really just very vintage, and it's it's a must do. Um, what else? What else? I really enjoyed Sh Shenandoah Fall or Shenandoah uh, Lumber log. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that one's a it's a good aerodynamics uh, log flume. Very fun, very solid. Um, going through the woods as well, as well, um, right next to Whitewater Canyon. Um, Reptilian is a must do. Um, Reptilian is one of those rides. It's, I believe it's the only operating mock bobsled left in the U.S. Actually, I don't, I think it was the only one in the U.S., but um, it is a, it's very much a beloved family ride by all audiences. Like when I got here and I was doing like, I think I was doing um, for March Madness, we were doing this coaster tournament. Yeah. And I put up on the first round, I, I placed Reptilian and Tumbili up against each other. And I'm like, oh, Reptilian's going to get squashed. But Tumbili er, uh, ended up getting squashed like by a margin of like 76%. Wow. Like, it was a complete squash. And I was like, wow. And then I learned, you know, I, I it's, when it during its time as avalanche um when the ride uh i think it got added to the park in 1989 i want to say um when it had its avalanche theme and its olympic bobsledding theme uh it definitely resonated a lot with families it kind of reminds me as like a the um like a uh, rite of passage attraction as well, kind of like um, much like the love with oh, what ride am I thinking of? Okay, I'm blanking on it, but you get what I'm saying. Um, 
it, it's definitely very loved by um, all the audiences of King's Dominion, and it's it's smooth and it's it, its seats are very comfortable. You just kind of plop right in, and you know it's also a good first date ride because you know two people per seat, so it's a great way to get to know someone. <laughs> you know, very true. <laughs> I've only ever ridden a bobsled with another person once, and that was with Laurel. <laughs> so it makes me laugh. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that sounds good. I mean, there's there's so much to do at King's Dominion, and it's it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. So yeah, stay two days and enjoy yourself. Yeah, you can. There's actually um, a KOA campground right across the street from it, um, or just right across the road, really. Or, down the road um and it's next door to it and uh, i've stayed in their uh cottages um it's not just rvs their their cottages are absolutely phenomenal inside um and you know for what you're paying is it's it's a great deal um and it's like it's not walking distance from the park but like it's i mean it's so close to the park like just you definitely spend a weekend up there it's it's phenomenal and i know that there's probably i mean not that you like this is not a park question but would you like to eventually see like a hotel that is on park property for guests to stay in oh i think every i think every park should kind of have you know that i think that would be cool yeah absolutely yeah um but i think the KOA right now works really well for yeah. our location, I guess. Um, just since we're in Doswell and there's not a lot in Doswell, I think it really works well for um, a lot of the travelers who stop by yeah. and, uh, you know, take their temporary stops for the weekend. And uh, even if they're not planning to, you know, stay at King's Dominion. Um, it, it's just a really nice facility. Yeah, that's cool. I like camp. I like the whole camping thing. We just did that not too long ago, so that was fun. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. I hold on. I found where I'm at. Sorry, guys. Um, I I'm sorry. I blanked out for a second. <laughs> I got distracted because I had no idea there was a KOA there. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. And I like looked it up and I was like, oh, like it is right there. And then I got distracted because hello, Kyle, this is the first time my ADHD is going off. Well, <laughs> welcome. Um, all right. Well, we have park visions. Um, he says, what is something that the park is looking to improve on for later? And then he also asked about a big multi-day event, which we already covered. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the park is really still trying to up and we really trying to um, invest more in that that food game. So I think that um, like we're looking at you know different facilities in the park and what you know what can we add to that? What can what's working? What doesn't work? As you know, I'm sure. All other facilities across the world, um, you know, are always evaluating their menus. Um, but I think that uh, that's something that we're really most proud of, and we're trying to work on, as well as the overall guest experience. I mean, we have the coasters, you know, we have the rides, 
Um, so what, you know, as, as a, as a guest, you know, from my perspective, like if they have those things, what are I get, what's the thing that keeps people at parks and that's their guest experience. That's their, you know, are they happy? You know, so I think they're, you know, Kings of Minion is always evaluating, you know, uh, the guest's perception and looking at, um, just, all the different ways that you can have a good day in the park. Yeah. Sounds good. So I, I think you may know who this is, who's asking our next few questions here, but Dan Glauser. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> Um, so there, there's a couple of questions here that he has. Um, I might stay away from a couple of them, but, uh, the first one is what has been your best moment or story since you've been at King's Dominion? Um, ugh, dang, I wasn't prepared to get emotional. Um, so I, so upon, uh, coming to King's Dominion, um, so I was, so back in, um, back in last summer when I was applying for, uh, jobs, you know, fresh out of college with a degree. And, uh, you know, I didn't think that I'd be able to stay at Kings Island, make it, you know, as a part-timer, actually really seasonal. Um, it just wasn't really, uh, made sense for me to where I, you know, I was going to have to start paying some real bills eventually. And, um, just with how everything kind of fell into place, like I interviewed at, uh, I got a bunch of interviews at some really great world-class parks. Um, and I was like, man, would it be cool if I got to work at King, at least King's Dominion? Like, I was like, I just really had been, I was really entertained by the charm of the park. Um, when I visited for my first time in April of last year, um, and it would still give me that, you know, home away from home vibe with, you know, the Eiffel tower and stuff. And, uh, uh, upon just with, how everything worked out, you know, I got my interview, like my third callback interview or something. And the man who they had finally just filled the director of communications position at King's Dominion, um, in the middle of last year, I think like in September and, uh, his name was Mark Riddell and, uh, he, the way we hit it off was really like one in a million, I think like the, the, the pairing of us two and, uh, the way we went back and forth on ideas and each other. And he, 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 he saw that I was young. Um, I'm only 23 now. Uh, and, um, he saw that I was young, but I, I had a passion for this industry and that, um, I wanted to grow 
and also really cared about the behind the scenes of, you know, everything and overall making people happy. And um, we really hit it off, you know, through November, uh, December, and January. And unfortunately, in January, he got really sick. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away um, in February. Um, but those couple months, I mean, I won't even say a couple, it, it, it feels longer than it actually was when, as he was my boss. Um, but I, I just really, to this day, I'm just inspired by what he did because it, it's just crazy how it all worked out because he originally was the PR guy for King's Dominion during the Paramount era for a couple years from like 2000 to 2003. And then he left and did PR for Ringling Brothers Circus for like a decade or so. And then I think eventually came back to Cedar Fair through California's Great America and then moved, got the job in Richmond, which was his home um, where her, his daughters were located. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful that one, he got to be with his daughters, um, during that hard time. Uh, but I, I, I just, to this day, I'm just very like inspired by how much he left with me, I guess. Um, still kind of shocked, but I, I, I just think the amount of influence that he had on my character in so little time. Um, I just don't think I'll ever forget that. And I try to, you know, make him proud every day. So yeah. oh, I think really beautiful Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Dan also had a question of how does the KD market differ from the ki market if there is any difference um uh, i guess like i guess the only thing i'll say about that is that and this is you know more obvious but i think because i used to compare the you know the taft broadcasting model of parks in my head because when taft the division who you know started with building king's island and then they built king's dominion and then they you know bought another couple parks and built a couple um you know they they planned it out to where you know king's island was going to be only so many hours from all these major cities and they also, when they planted the seed for King's Dominion, um, they also had that in mind. But I think just because of, you know, where it was, um, there was a few less cities that were in distance. So King's Dominion is really the, 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 the I guess the, the driving distance is, um, really you're driving 30 minutes um at the least to get to king's dominion because it's really doswell 
not many people live around Doswell. So it has, it sets the park up for a really beautiful location where it's kind of like in the woods at some points and it's very secluded, which is nice. Um, and I think that's just another neat positive thing about it. And then um, it's also kind of feels sometimes more of a destination at times because there's not as many, you know, Richmond's only 30 minutes away. Um, so when, when, you know, people go to King's Dominion, it's definitely feels, uh, it kind of feels special, I think. So. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, the, also this, uh, the, what I get is when you're out there, not around a whole bunch of people, you don't have to worry about like the whole people make complaining about sound of the roller coasters and everything mm -hmm. like that. So that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's our next question? <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't realize that you were waiting. So also from Daniel Glauser, this is the worst question. Wait, are we skipping the rest of his two or? I was going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, That's Dan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. We can go on a rant on Twitter. Um, all right. So then we can also remove anything if we need to, Chris. Um, then we have Flight of Taylor. This is our last question. Oh, there's um, one after. Oh, guys, <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> I think you put it in there, too. <laughs> I'm struggling. All right. <laughs> Second to last question, guys. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's getting too late. <laughs> I'm not okay. All right. Flight of Taylor. Flight of Taylor asked, how was the trans transition from King's Island to King's Dominion? And what was your favorite part being at part of being at King's Dominion and go to ride? Um the transition kind of worked out really well. I mean, I kind of said I would you know, I was uh, willing to drive any or uh, move anywhere in the U.S., you know, when I when I was looking for that, you know, full-time job in the industry. Um, and, uh, you know, it just so happened when I got the job that um, one of the part-timers who was like a digital media coordinator was moving to corporate. And uh, she says, hey, I'm um, rent or I'm subleasing my apartment cause I'm not going to be living there anymore. Uh, would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I have not even thought about, you know, whatever. So lo and behold, I am in there, that apartment right now. And, uh, it's been my apartment since. So I really saved a lot of hassle through that. So it was a very seamless transition. I think, I mean, you can say seamless. My mom doesn't think so because she hates that I'm away from her. But, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's good it was a seamless transition, though. What was the second part of the question? Oh, what is your go-to ride? Go-to ride? Hmm. Uh, probably grizzly or flight of fear she would like that she is a flight of fear. Well, i know taylor would like that yeah <laughs> i loved flight of fear um i was so pleasantly surprised by that it was so much fun 
I actually think King's Dominion's Flight of Fear uh, is actually faster than KI's based on what, um, especially especially this season. Um, but it, it's running really, really well this year. So, yeah, I've heard that too from people that have been to both parks this year. That I've they're like, it's just feels slightly faster and everything else. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew nothing about it going into it, um, and I honestly had no desire to ride it. Like I, my I, my blinders were on. Like I did want Reptilian, but I was like, I want to ride Reptilian and I want to ride I three hundred five. I don't care. Like oh, and Twisted Timbers, but I was like, my blinders are on. I don't care about anything. And I got off that, and I was like, that's one of my favorite rides of the day. Like that was. It's a very pleasant surprise. It's like the perfect amount of intensity for me. Like. I like, I somewhat like intense rides, but like Voyage is way too much for me. I just feel like tapping out at some, like halfway through. So like, I feel like Flight of Fear is like the perfect combination of like intensity and laterals and inversions. And I just always get really good rides on it. Not to mention I'm a huge fan of the backstory and theming of it. So yeah um yeah i i've only been on the one at king's island um but i assume that the 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 video and everything is at the same i don't believe currently uh it plays in the queue line currently however um we do have the entire pre-show video on our youtube channel there you so. go that's awesome. I never even thought about that. That's pretty cool. I might just pop that on later. <laughs> yeah, I actually think I have to pop that on because I don't think I knew there was like a pre-show. Um, yeah, I don't think I knew there was a pre-show. It's it pretty good. A, it is a classic led by Dr. or uh, excuse me, uh, Major Joan Trenton and uh, the just the just the overall uh, it's 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 so it's 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 pretty impressive yeah i love it and plus like the budget they had for it like i've interviewed the people who made it back when uh the during paramount and there's some funny stories behind it but maybe another yeah. day yeah that yeah. was one of that's one of my favorite things is, was being able to watch that video while i was standing in line as a child i was like i might be a little scared of the ride but at least this video is cool <laughs> i know yeah yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Look, look it up and let us know what you think. Oh, and you cool. also got to listen to um, if you haven't already. Uh, back when I was at Kings Island uh, last year, you got to listen to on their YouTube channel uh, the uh, National Roller Coaster Day special, uh, the ten-hour-long uh, Flight of Fear ASMR experience on Kings wow. Island's YouTube. So I, I did but I won't <laughs> listen. Yeah, it's good a, things to know about. It's All right. fun. <laughs> so, our last question of the night comes from Larry, the Ki Coaster guy, and he says, "Kyle, what is your favorite thing about your new position at Kings Dominion?" Um, I think it's it's just cool to take all of the the things I've learned from mainly my mentor, Don Helbig, um, and just kind of like 
not only like put them to the test and actually put them into play, but seeing them work and getting results, you know, from everything he's taught me. Like there's, there's, you know, a method, method to the madness or whatever. And uh, everything that, you know, he's ever taught me was, I, I'm seriously like so thankful for. And uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's cool to kind of like, King's Island or King's Dominion prior to my position uh, had not had a, the, the position of digital communications manager didn't exist at um, the park. Um, so kind of being the first one to really come in and kind of revitalize and start implementing, you know, having a blank canvas, I think has been really cool. Um, and, you know, we may, we, I mean, King's Dominion, like we, it may not be the most like Wendy's Twitter account, you know, at times. Um, but we, you know, we want to have fun on there. But you know, we do all. It's also important to stay professional and you know communicate what messages we need to communicate. Um, and you know, if you get too, if you lie, if you lie on the side of you know two Wendy's Twitterish whatever, um, sometimes. Uh, your your reputation and uh, your audience's confidence, especially media, um, can get confused uh, just by the um, confusing messages sometimes. So I think it's you know it, it it's been important to I guess important to me to really kind of help uh, you know build up King's Dominion's brand which I think has been a, a dream come true for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think you're doing a great job and I think a lot of the, a lot more Cedar fair uh, parks have been a lot like awesome on, on social. So I agree. Yeah. I think that it's, and you learn from one of the best. Uh, shout out to Don for real. Yeah. He's a real one. Yep. Yeah. Cedar fair. Twitter definitely um, is one that I enjoy a lot. Shout yeah. out to Ryan from Dorney as well. <laughs> love Ryan. He's a great guy. I love Ryan almost as much as talent at Dorney Park, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Kyle, thank you for coming on and sharing with us what's new and uh, what's happening at King's Dominion this year. Um, so everybody go out, check out King's Dominion and all the new restaurants and all the new food that they have there. And yeah, uh, thank you again, Kyle, for stopping by and talking with us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. It. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. So we will see you next week. Bye, guys. This has been the Theme Park Stand Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll see you all next time.